This is Cold Coffee No Glue Sticks, the teaching podcast that gets into real teachers' heads and hearts to give the world a better idea of what actually happens in classrooms. I'm your host, Katie Street, and I am and always will be a teacher. This week on The Register, I've got Western Sydney teacher Mr. Dom DiOrio talking about his extensive casual teaching career and the importance of sarcasm in getting teenagers to do the cha-cha. Hope you enjoy episode number four. Let me know what you think by leaving a review and recommending to your teacher friends. To start off uh, about me, my background, I've been teaching for eight years now. Um, I'm 31 years old this year. Um, I'm a Western Sydney boy, grew up in, in Liverpool in the Fairfield area and and went to school out there. And yeah, been I started teaching uh, beginning of 2013 at my old high school, actually. And oh, wow. Yeah. I, just happened that I went in one day to um, sign some papers for for my younger sister and the teacher said, um, hey, what are you doing these days? And I said, I'm actually teaching. And, and she said, would you, like to, um, would you like some casual days? I said, yeah, actually, I would love some casual days. I just Wow. And would love to start start working a little bit more. And, yeah, I was there for about um, four years and I was casual for a bit, not just there but at a few places. Um, I did some primary school casual as well. And then um, in 2017, I, I parted ways with my my old, you know, my old high school. It was a bit like breaking up with a with an old girlfriend. And no. <laughs> I spent, you know, my, my, my high school years, and then went back as a teacher, and you know, a lot of love for that place. And and I moved on, and I actually got it. You know, I, I was looking for a change, and I I, I ended up at Fairvale, where um, Barry Barry's been teaching for so long. Yeah, and. Yeah, I was there for a little bit, did some PE. I, I taught um, some Spanish there as well. Uh, oh, wow. My, my background, my parents are from South America, so I, I do speak some Spanish. Um, yeah. And they, they put me in Spanish for, for half a year and then I went <clears throat> around to a few other schools in the area and and just got to see, which was great, um, a lot of schools in the area and just how they, they do things and operate. Which, yeah. You know, now I look back and I think it's, it's definitely something, you know, a lot of teachers need to do to get out there. I guess a bit like life, right? Um, the more things you experience, the more, you know, views you'll have, you'll see things from different angles and it just makes the picture a lot clearer when you're a teacher. So, yeah, it's been now. Absolutely. I th- 2019 I got a temp, I got the temp position at, at Fairvale and I'm, I'm still a temp teacher um, after, after all these years and yeah. I'm, you know, in PE there, teaching PDHPE, um, year 10 year advisor, integrated sports coordinator, and, yeah, really loving um, being where I am now. It's it's home for me. So I remember doing my first prac. I was 20 years old. And, oh, wow. Um, um, in Western Sydney, there's an area called Granville uh, near Parramatta, yep. and um, I did my prac at Granville Boys High School. And right. How was that? It's um, it's It's got a – it's got a you know Granville boys. When people see Granville boys and they know about it, it's it's quite a tough school, um, predominantly Middle Eastern Islander community, uh, yep. quite quite rough. Um, I remember when my name came out at uni, or my my number, and it's had the list of what schools you're doing prac at. A lot of yep. people started saying, "Oh, you got Granville boys," and um, you know I looked at the list. And I went, "Oh, it's it's me." and why they were all like that was a few weeks before that there was a stabbing outside of the school um, oh or at God. the school. 
And I went, okay. And the first thing I did the first week I was there, I asked my supervisor, who was uh, he's an Englishman as well, um, Liam. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I said, Liam, I go, you know, is everything okay here? And he goes, yeah, that's that's fine, mate. He goes, it was just a little bit of tension over time and it's all sorted now. And I was like, oh, okay. And, yeah, that school was just all about building rapport, behaviour management. Um, I've yeah. played so much soccer in my life um, and footy with the kids. And then yeah. a year later I went and did my prac all the way to Penrith at a, at a private um, independent Catholic school called St. Dom's College, St. Dominic's College. Yeah. And, and, yeah, that was just totally different. Um, you know, the, the kids at Granville were, were a lot more warming, I felt, than the kids were at the independent school. Um, these kids sort of right. have everything. There wasn't really much that I was going to give them. They've already, you know, their parents are, are very well off. And and uh, I didn't get the chance to build a, a rapport like I did at Granville Boys. So actually when people ask me, what did you prefer? I said, well, I actually preferred working at Granville Boys, um, funny enough. That's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Look, the first <laughs> years of teaching in general, talking, you know, teaching younger younger people who were the similar age of me, I found it very um, confronting because, you know, especially, you know, young females, young males, they, they, they knew people I knew from the local area or they would say things that, you know, tried to provoke me. And, yeah, you know, I found it very difficult. I didn't have that respect that, you know, the older teachers, teachers had. I had to earn it in other ways. And I had to yeah. allow things to happen. I had to sort of say, look, I'm going to let you get away with, um, you know, what's happened. Um, but hopefully you understand this is how we're going to build our relationship. You know, I I, I'm, I meet you, 50, you know, 50, 50, 50, halfway, you meet me halfway sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. The one thing for me that comes across time and again for me, for them, is that they don't quite understand or there isn't enough understanding about how much emphasis there is on relationships in the classroom. Yeah. And I think that really brought it back from what you said just then about building that rapport and finding different ways to teach that suit that set of kids. Uh, ab- absolutely. I um, When I actually started teaching and I went back to my old school, I was actually so scared that I wasn't going to get to the level of those teachers that taught me or other teachers. Mm-hmm. You know, I've always thought of myself, I'm not an, you know, I'm not a book smart person, but I'm a hardworking person. And, you know, I'll get there. It takes me time, but I know with my hard work, that's in my, you know, in my, my personality, I'll, I'll get there. And, and when I started teaching, I realized pretty much 90% of the job was, was actually something I was good at always, you know, building yeah. relationships, building rapport with people. And yeah. Pretty much, that's that's the job most of the time. And if I don't have a rapport with the kids, they're not going to listen to me. They're not going to buy into to what I'm I'm selling as a, as a teacher. My my message, and and yeah, you're you're right. The rapport is, and that's, and you know what? They're probably for me. That's probably the most meaningful thing we have being teachers, building that relationship with the young with young students or with any students, because that's what they remember. Once mm. they leave, they don't remember. Oh, I remember when you taught me this. I remember that interaction I had with you or that thing, you know, that time you gave me that advice when I was going through a hard time in life and and, and all those things. It's a real 
eye-opener I think um as you kind of get further along in your teaching career and you you realize oh hang on this is literally just about getting to know those kids and then them getting to know me um I I just did a recording yesterday actually with uh Dr Joe Winchester um who's a fantastic um fantastic lady at the Australian Catholic University and she's a drama teacher and she was saying that it just shows you that kind of you don't have to be top of your class to be a teacher. You don't have to be um, an outstanding academic. All you really need to do is show up and be there for your kids every single day. Yeah, well, that's if I could speak to her, I would say she's, <laughs> you know, she's she's not too far from me actually. Um, oh, there you go. Gracie <laughs> just down the road. So, but yeah, no, she's she's one hundred percent right. Uh, Fantastic. Um, what were you like at school? What was it like um, when you went and visited your old school? Did you have any kind of apprehensions as to like, oh, shit, I was actually a bit of a pain in the classroom? Yeah, look, um, yeah, it's funny um, going, going back to high school and or, you know, going back to, to the old, old old school. And, look, I think transitioning from, you know, primary school to high school is just such a, a, a different world, you know. You, you're in year seven and year eight and you've got 17, 18 year old boys and girls and you're looking up and you're like, these people are where I'm in a school with adults and just that maturity level and going through puberty all mixing up together. Um, yeah. You know, I remember by the time when I got to year eight, I was in the bottom classes of year eight and, and my old man telling me, look, mate, if you don't pull your head out, uh, you know, we're going to have some trouble <laughs> with you. And um, look, funny enough, um, I came through, came good, and 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 I think just with maturity and and sort of just what my parents installed in me with with hard work and and just giving everything a go. By the time I got to year mm-hmm. 12, I loved I loved that place, and I made some some great friends, and and the teachers were really they were mentors for me, and and shaped really where I am now. A lot of them, and I was lucky enough to go back and and have them as as my colleagues, and and I was really really happy and, and appreciate all the all the advice they gave me um look besides teaching I, I run a I run a, a sports business um I run events for primary school kids not was not loving teaching back in 2017 I I was just having some bad experiences and things weren't going my way um with jobs and positions at the at where I was and I um I was doing some holiday um, I had a holiday job working for a company called Motivate Sports and yeah. as a coach just for some extra cash and it funded a few overseas trips and some car maintenance and they they were just, you know, a, one company out in um, Kellyville, the Hills area and yeah. a year later they they started franchising and the owner knew me pretty well and he said, mate, would you be interested in a, in a franchise? And I worked with him for about three years before that and and I knew that it would be a great opportunity and, and I would hate to miss it. And I said, you know what, teaching's not really doing doing it for me. I actually like the event side of things. You know, I love working with kids. I love sport. I think this is what, what I want to do. And I took a risk and and um, bought this business or this franchise. And and then, you know, the following year I, I ended up working at Fairvale and then I, I actually went to casual and I said, look, I'm going to try and put all the – all my eggs in in the uh, the basket, the business basket, and wow. financially it was a little bit hard because I had to pay a you know a mortgage, help my family out, but also run the business, 
but I'm yeah. not getting that income like I did before through teaching. Um, so then I said, well, you know what, I'm going to have to get back into teaching full time or have a temp job. So I did. So for the last three years, I've been juggling um, teaching, running this business, and I've been lucky enough that you know both I've been successful in in both. You know, my I've got like twenty staff members on on the books, and wow, and a few of them are actually ex students of mine who are at uni. <laughs> and I've stayed in touch with, and and that's funny because when they start working for me, they they call me sir, and I said, can you please just call me Dom? And they also sorry, sir. I mean, sorry, Dom. Um, <laughs> Yeah, well, it's it's clear that you've obviously passed that drive onto some of your students as well. I mean, that's an amazing um, work experience opportunity for them as yeah. well. And to be able to work with um, an ex-teacher who's become a mentor as well, that must be an incredible experience for them. Absolutely. Um, now I saw one of your questions. I'm sure we'll talk about it before, but, you know, like what's your proudest teaching moment? And it's seen these guys in 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 life after teaching because that's what it's all about like paving the way so they can live happily they can you know fulfill whatever they they want to achieve you know i've got a a young girl who's starting to be a paramedic exercise physiologist optometrist um architect and um you know when i when i'm there with all of them i go you guys are all so much smarter than me but i'm still your boss (laughs) (laughs) you know like I'm so lucky I to love have it. you guys here, but you know, you guys are, you guys killed it in the HSC. I go, you guys smashed me, but um, I guess my personality is different. I'm maybe my strengths are somewhere else compared to what you guys have, and um, yeah, I guess I get to mentor them for free. Um, <laughs> they get free <laughs> me- mentorship um, after after high school. Yeah, amazing. Well, let's dig down into that question then. What? Has there been um, a moment where you've seen one of those students and what they've achieved after school that you've felt really incredibly proud of, not just them, but also the amount of work that you've put into their future as well? I I don't know if all the teachers, um, I don't know how everyone thinks, but like a lot of the things I do, I actually don't think about myself. Like I don't, I know it's just sounding like I'm talking myself up, but um, (laughs) a lot of the times I, I'm top person. I put a lot of you know other people before me, and you know just hearing you know where kids have started. You know, for example, living uh, teaching in the Fairfield Liverpool area, you know, having a big influx of um, refugees over the last say five five to ten years. Uh, we've mm-hmm. got a lot of students who've come from Iraq, and and one of them I always talk about him. Um, you know, he was he's been in the country only for about eight or nine years, and with limited English, he ended up completing his HSC, making it to, um, you know, state titles for for athletics. Um, he, you know, a mentor, and leader at school, a top guy, and, you know, now he's starting to be be a dentist. And wow. I remember being on a on a camp with him and, and us asking him with a few of the other teachers saying, you know, and I'm sure he won't mind me saying his name, but Matt, you know, Matt, you know, what was it like growing up over then? He said, look, sir, I don't know. I didn't know if I was going to come home every day, you know, every day going to school back and forth to school, it was always a gamble and risk if something would happen, you know. And, yeah. and for, for to see someone like that succeed in life from all the things that he's gone through, for me, they're the moments for me that are, you know, priceless and I think 
is the best part of teaching where you see the kids afterwards and and just see them, you know, and I hope that I was part of that journey. And I always say that, I always say that the kids, I'm just part of your journey and I just hope that whatever journey you choose, you know, that I, that I can help you along the way. And that's, that's it really. I love that. That is amazing. And I think that's not, um, it's not unusual for teachers to think in a very similar vein. I mean, you said, you know, you don't like to big yourself up. I mean, if there's a place to do it, this is the place to do it. You know, this is a podcast about (laughs) teachers, about teaching. And yes, big yourself up. Like teaching is the profession from which all other professions come from. Right. Yeah. So why shouldn't we big ourselves up? Absolutely. We forget sometimes. Um, yeah. We have to remind remind ourselves. And, yeah, look, that's that's something we try and do at school and I always try and remind teachers how thankful I am of, of working with them and for their help. And yeah. uh, I've got a good staff room that allows me um, to do all those things. Yeah, amazing. Um, I've heard a little bit about the, uh, the Fairvale PDHPE faculty um, and how amazing and supportive they are. Is, is there a particular person that you've worked with either at Fairvale or at any other point in your career that you felt um, has really supported you and helped you to grow in your career? Yeah, look, that, that Fairvale staff room, I, you know, I fell into that, that staff room just because I wasn't happy where I was and it was only supposed to be for a few weeks and, you know, four years later I'm still there. And it was funny, after a term, someone said to me, like, they, they looked at me and said, Dom, I feel like you've been here for years. <laughs> I just clicked with every single person there so quick and they all made me feel welcome from day one, um, you know, and and that person, you know, there's, there's a lot, but that one person I think that I think has mentored me and just sort of given me that passion for teaching in the last years is obviously um, our mutual friend, Barry Mikulich, um, who's been teaching for over 20 years, full of experience, full of stories, as you would know. And (laughs) um, I feel like, you know, me and him, we, we start talking, we could go on tangents about teaching and about any, any sort of topic, but um, yeah, he's just been, he's just been, I think just outstanding in terms of that, you know, me being a younger teacher coming through the ranks, he's the guy that's sort of done it all, about to to hit twenty something years of teaching, and yeah. you know, he's he's been great in in terms of supporting me. And and look, all the other teachers have. And we we're talking about it the other day, actually, about you know our staff room and and why we, you know, every day at work actually doesn't feel like a day at work. You know, it feels like we're going to see our friends and hang out for six hours. Yeah, because. Um, yeah, there's in in the staff room. There's no egos, um, which which you know in different workplaces sometimes there is. You know that person who's trying to step over the others to to get ahead. And um, mm. in our staff room, we're very lucky. It's not like that. Everyone's helping each other out. There's no oh, I'm going to keep the resources away from this teacher. It's mm. actually it's a great environment to work with. And and I actually said to him, I go, mate, I I reckon. Any young teacher, if we could, like a prac student, should be coming to our staff room because you're not going to get one person helping you. You've got 13 teachers that are willing to give you something. Um, Amazing. You know, you put all that together and and hopefully that just helps whoever, you know, and it is, it's helping me with my teaching philosophy and hopefully, you know, become a better educator for, for the kids. 
Um, okay, when you're teaching, whether you're teaching PE or whether you're coaching or whether you're teaching another subject, is there something that you wish you had more or less of? This podcast is obviously called Cold Coffee, No Glue Sticks. We wish we had less cold coffee and more glue sticks. Um, but what about when you're teaching? Um, it's it's funny this year we the school um, the school direction the school plan was to increase staff well being or improve staff well being and and they started a, a well being team which not many teachers put their hands up I thought about it but then I thought back to um, my my mentor from my my first school who said mate you can't do everything um, mm. so I, I let that go. But I, I was, I, I, you know, I was thinking, I'm like, how can we improve staff well-being or teacher well-being? And it's funny, I, I actually heard teachers talking throughout the week, and they just said, oh, "I just need more time. I can't do it. I need more time." And, and the word "time" was mm-hmm. just repeated. And you know, time for me is 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 the one I think at the moment we just have so much going on. Um, we're not just educators where, you know, there's the well-being part of things. There's, you know, trying to do the extracurricular side of things. And then in between, you have to try and plan a lesson, um, do some programming, make sure you do your registers. Oh, you want to plan an excursion? Oh, well, that's another, you know, that's less time setting a, a preparing an, a lesson or an assessment. So mm-hmm. the, the one thing I think would be more time. The other thing would be um, the extracurricular activities. So, like, um, I was thinking about camps. So, kids going out of getting out of the school and getting yeah. those experiences. I know um, I was lucky enough. I think in my thirteen years of school, I went on about six camps. Wow! And being now year ten year advisor, I was about to plan a camp for um, one of my subjects, and obviously because of COVID, it didn't mm-hmm. go ahead. And I asked the kids, I said, have you guys been on a camp yet during high school? And they said, no, sir. So in their six, no. most likely by the time they finish high school, they'll be on no no camps. And when I look back at high school, camps were one of the things that I remembered the most. Camps were one of the places where I built the most rapport with teachers, the most, you know, where I got to meet other people in my year group in a different setting and, and got to be, yeah. you know, we didn't have to be – like we do in school where everything's about timelines and be here, you've got to, you know, camp's just got that a little bit more of a relaxed approach. And, yeah, the kids, I, I feel sad when I when I realise that the kids aren't going to experience that at all. And mm. especially coming from the area where we teach in Fairfield and Liverpool area, a lot of the kids come from, you know, when I, I'd be surprised, I'm, I'm surprised when I ask kids, you know, have you gone to the beach no, so I've only gone once or twice. Um, oh, wow. You know, and I'm not saying that, you know, I grew up in the same area with parents who worked 12-hour days and, you know, yeah. I, I was lucky enough for them to make the effort to we go to the beach, go on holidays um, and all those things. But there's a lot of kids who don't get to experience that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely the, that that side of things. And, and I guess less of, and I'm sure all my teaching Colleagues would would agree is the admin side of things. Um, mm. I'm, not, I'm not saying uh, I don't want to do reports anymore. Well, if they decided, I, I wouldn't complain. But you know, <laughs> uh, less marking. 
it's funny when, yeah. when I hear teachers, oh, I've got a mark. I've, I said, well, it's part of the, it's part of the job, you know. It's <laughs> you know, if there's one thing, if that's the thing you don't like about the job, well, you know, I can't complain. It's 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 not it's not that bad. But um, I guess just the admin side of things for us as as PDHP teachers, you know, for us to to go to a sporting event, you know, say take a, a school team to go play mm-hmm. in a competition. There's so much paperwork um, in between just to get the kids there, um, which can be quite frustrating, you know, chasing up notes, chasing up money, dealing yeah. with, you know, with, with all sort of things, you know, like I'm, I'm the soccer coach at school. So, you know, besides that, I've got to make sure their referee shows up and I've got to be in contact with him. So it's all these little extra jobs um, that just make, um, I guess, teaching a little bit harder. And um, I guess I think they are fighting for it at the moment, you know, teachers to have less te- uh, face-to-face time, mm. um, which is I don't mind the face-to-face time, but if we're going to be doing all these extra things, it'd be nice to yeah. have that time to organise and, um, you know, maybe have a day off every every week, or, you know, every two weeks or every three weeks to give us time to sort of catch up. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I want to ask you something. As a casual teacher who's been in several different schools and worked with several different teams, how do you feel or how do you think um, school senior leadership teams see teacher time? Do they? Do you think they really they really kind of understand the um, the demands on teacher time and the fact that there isn't ever enough time in the day there just isn't enough hours to get your face-to-face and your admin and all your other co- um extracurricular things finished yeah i've been i've been very lucky to work across a few schools and you know four or five different principals you know mm. 15 or so deputies and it's funny just to see how they all work and different personalities and I've, i i feel where i am now um, I can work with with the senior exec. I actually like working with them and, and have a great relationship with them, which was something I didn't at the beginning of my career. I, I struggled and 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 didn't, you know, I didn't appreciate or didn't work with them when I should have. Um, but that's you know that's that's more to the story. But uh, in terms of time, I think I think they do understand that we're limited to time. But at the same time, it's sort of they're getting pressure from their superiors mm-hmm. um, to, hey, we, we've got to make sure things are getting done. And then it's sort of like that flow-on effect all the way down to the teachers. And, you know, being a year advisor this year and seeing what the deputies have to deal with, um, I understand when sometimes they forget about what teaching is teaching is like because they're so caught up in the – in the well-being side of things and dealing with parent, our parents and all these other things that are happening around the school, um, you know, they, sometimes I think they might forget what it, what it is, you know, to be a teacher. And I think teaching is evolving so quickly. Um, every year there's just one extra thing. This is, yeah. you know, and with technology, you know, the world is just moving so quickly and, and that's, that's happening in teaching as well. PDHP teacher for secondary kids, how do you handle 
um, kids that come from families that perhaps have to uh, share a device or perhaps don't have that um, exposure to devices enough to complete their schoolwork. How do you handle that? First of all, remember last, uh, last year when we went into lockdown, I was sharing a laptop with my sister. I was living, I was living um, with my family still at, still at home and, and um, I didn't have a laptop myself because I used a school computer and she said, um, hey, Dom, I think I need to use a laptop. I go to uni. Um, mm. You need to get your own. So oh, I didn't have wow. the money on me. So I've contacted the school and I was lucky that the deputy organized a laptop for me. And then I actually made me think and said, hold on a sec. I'm an, I'm, you know, I'm a teacher of the school. Um, I couldn't afford a $1,500, $2,000 laptop, you know, straight away. Yeah. I, it made me realize, you know, what all the, all the kids are going through, the ones that have got the two or three siblings at home mm. and um, are struggling with, with, um, with com- not having computers or laptops. So the school this year, this time around, have been pretty, pretty good in terms of responding They've gotten about 160, maybe a little bit more laptops out to kids, which, wow. you know, we're a school of 1,500 kids. Um, yeah. So to get that much um, laptops out is, is phenomenal. On top of that, this time around, we know that kids were going to struggle sharing technology. So the school's organised hard copy work to go out as well. But that's taken time as well because – you know, if you've got four or five hundred kids who need work, and there's only because we're in the area of Fairfield, we can only have a few staff members on site. So mm. that's slowly going out. Australia Post is is coming in and out, delivering the work. So I think the the school's done well, and in terms of dealing with them. But me, as from a year advisor point of view, I've stayed in touch with with my students. The first thing I ask them is, do they have access to online learning? Mm. Um, last year I didn't ask that question but this year straight away say do you have access and I got a lot of emails and my other year advisor saying hey sir hey miss I don't have access to a device no worries we'll put you on a list and we'll send the work out to the school only problem is you know we we won't know if they're doing the work until they get back sure and um, yeah the kids are just you know the common word I'm not motivated sir I'm not motivated and I go get you Okay, yeah, I go. I'm I'm doing the same thing. I'm sitting in my in my lounge room, kitchen. I'm sitting in the same chair, looking at the same wall every day. Um, yeah, it just shows as humans how much we need, you know, the physical <clears throat> interaction with with others. We're, we're social beings. Absolutely, and for that age group as well, when they're going through all of those confusing changes at the same time, they need their peers around them. It must be so hard for them. You know, as a year advisor, I see it firsthand the the mental health battles that that kids are having at the moment, and it's it's alarming and and it's sad because I can't help I I can't do much. I can no be in between and offer some some assistance, but end of the day, it's they're on their own or you know they've got to rely on their parents. So it's sort of now. I start thinking, you know, when we go back to school, what are we going to teach the kids, you know, asking for help, seeking help, which is humans, you know, we always, no, I'm fine, I'm fine, and well, no, not really, mm. not that fine. So we'll see. We'll see how things go over over the next few weeks and months. 
Yeah, well, keep us updated. I'd love to see to hear about where that goes and what kind of um, uh, pedagogies you guys implement to deal with that. Yeah. I think that'd be a really interesting journey. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's move on to something a little bit happier. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when you were in the classroom uh, regularly, what uh, what was your gold star of the week? What was a moment that really made you smile, a highlight of your week that you'll remember for a long time? Oh, I actually, when when I saw this, I wrote, I wrote about, um, you know, being online, my, my moment, my, um, my golden star moment. But I think... Um, for me, every I, I get, I'm, I'm very lucky. I get to run. I'm the organizer for for school sport in the afternoon, so integrated sport, um, and we get to run challenges for the kids every now and then. So I guess, um, just I'm very lucky that every afternoon I just get to see you know over 200 kids be involved in sport in competition. Um, some weeks we do house challenges where they compete for their sporting house, and I get to sit back and or after I've planned everything and, and everything's settled down, I get to sit back and, and watch that. And, and for me, that's just a massive golden star um, every week. And just to see the kids having fun, laughing, screaming, and kids that usually seem very quiet or are, are not involved. But w- during sport, the whole the whole grade's out there, so they get to find their friend and, and have a chat to them and, and play together. Um me like what a way to finish your afternoon with with some sport but really just it's it's more just getting everyone together and and being active yeah but like being a teacher I think you can or I could really see the benefits that physical activity gives my students especially at a young age and I just because I've never taught PE at high school I, I I'm still struggling to kind of see how everybody how you get everyone to join in you know how you get those girls that never want to be front runners for, for sports teams to enjoy joining and enjoy themselves so have you got any tips for teachers that are kind of struggling with kids like that yeah I um when I started teaching I remember being the young PE teacher and I had a all girls class for PE and I said girls today we're going to be doing you know we're doing athletics we're going to be doing high jump and I'd show them the technique and they'd been their line ready to go. All right, girls, who's going to jump? And I, I had no, you know, I have a class of 20 something girls. None of them wanted to jump in front of me because they were all embarrassed. And I was, I, I just felt, I was like, are you serious? Like in my head, I'm like, are you serious girls? Like, just please, like, I'm not, it's not embarrassing. You know, like I've just done three yeah. demos for you. I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a high jumper. That's for sure. I barely got over the bar and, um, <laughs> And you girls are embarrassed. And look, um, with time, with experience, um, you know, and sort of my own way of dealing with things, I've realised sport and PE isn't for everyone. I I can't expect them all to just go, yes, sir, you want me to run a lap in two minutes? I'll do it and I'll sprint it. Some, you know, not everyone, it's, it's the same as the kid who, you know, you can't expect every kid to do get 100% in mathematics or in English or, and it's the mm-hmm. same in that. So I go in there with a the mentality of, um, and, and a very good friend, uh, teacher from Fairvale, Mr. Dalgatu, we were teaching dance, actually, the cha-cha, um, about two years ago. Mm-hmm. And you could imagine as soon as we said year 10, um, we'll be learning 
or our newest our new topic uh, for the next few weeks is dance the cha cha. You know the boys. Oh, straight away. Are you serious? <laughs> are you, you know, and you're going to partner up, and straight away. Oh, the girl. You know, they they weren't yeah. happy. And and he and he said something which has stuck with me. And and I always say to the kids, and I haven't told him, um, but I will one day. But he always said, he said, guys, what's the most important thing you need to bring with you to every lesson when we do our dance unit? And uh, you know, I'm I'm next to him, and I'm thinking, oh, a good attitude. All I'm asking. You bring a good attitude, a positive attitude to this lesson um, is all I'm asking. What he was trying to say in any, I explained it after the kids said, even though you might not be good at dancing, if you come with the attitude like, oh, I hate this, I don't want to do this, of course you're going to think negative and you're not going to be happy doing it. But if you come with the attitude like, you know what, I'm going to try something new, I'm going to have a bit of fun, um, I'm going to have a bit of a laugh with, with my, my friends, it, it's going to be a totally different experience. And um, I then, you know, say to my kids now, when I have those those students who don't want to participate, I'll say, guys, what's the most important thing? And they'll say, a good attitude. That's correct. You know, with everything you do in life, you've got to have that that, that attitude. But, yeah, for any of those um, new teachers that are that are listening and, and some tips dealing with, with um, you know, young, young females or young males who you've got to laugh, you've got to entertain. Um, you know, crack jokes. Don't be afraid to um, to laugh at yourself, and and <laughs> and entertain in whatever way possible. Use some sarcasm. Um, the 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 young girls with the attitude just make me laugh even more because I I give them attitude just just as much, um, and they just yeah. start laughing. And then I think, Why are you laughing at me? I go, you're like you're going to hurt my. F-. You know, I got feelings. You know, as a teacher, and they start <laughs> laughing even more. I go, look, just do what you can. Um, but you need to do something, okay? Is that is that okay? And I do a bit of a compromise, and I'll see they'll they'll do something for a few minutes, and then a minute later they're talking to their friends. I said, you know what? That's a victory. <laughs> That's- yeah. All right. Uh, okay. Well, speaking of kind of topics or themes in PE, have you got a a theme or a topic that you most enjoy teaching? Well, I had top of my list. I had the dance, the cha cha, just because um, it's just a funny um. It's a great activity to get the kids out of their comfort zone. Yeah. And we teach it in year 10. So 15, 16-year-old boys who probably have better beards than me, about (laughs) – I'm I'm a metre 80, so they're about my size, all tough, and then they have to dance to a, you know, a Latin Latin song and they have to move their hips and and do all these things. It's funny because it just – all that attitude, all the – just uh, alpha sort of attitude that they have is out the door um, <laughs> and the girls get to have a little bit of a giggle at them. And, yeah. And it's funny, by the end, everyone's everyone's laughing, everyone's dancing. You, you know, you've got kids who are struggling big time, but they're trying. And it's probably the one practical unit that I've seen that pretty much 100% of the kids will attempt and probably just have a laugh at it because – you don't need you don't need to be fit. You don't need to be athletic. You just have to be able to move. Um, yeah. So it makes it a great unit. <laughs> okay. Next question is a bit of a weird one. Um, what feels illegal in schools but isn't illegal? Yeah. Um, when I saw this one, I was I was trying to think. Geez, what can I say? <laughs> on? 
I usually do the right. I usually do the right thing. So, um, look, um, what feels illegal for me? And um, I'll just scroll down because I I did have to. Um, uh, the one that it just makes me laugh all the time is um, I get to play sport with kids a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get you know, <laughs> as I'm getting paid by the um, by my boss, my my you know my employees. You know, I'll, every now and then I'll the kids will say, "Sir, jump in." You know. Play play a game of basketball, play a game of soccer with us, and um, you know, an hour later, and and two goals in, and a, and a bit sweaty. Um, <laughs> hey guys, let's go. We've got to go get changed. And um, does that make me a professional athlete? I'm getting paid to play sports, so you know, I'm a, I'm a big soccer fan. So for me, just to just to sit there and get paid to take you know, awesome kids yeah. play a sport that we we all love together, and just mentor them and. You know, look after them and make sure that you know the jerseys come back at the end of the day. It was just um, for me. I was like, yeah, this is just too easy. This is um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, I think you're right. I, and I don't yeah. think it's usual to speak to teachers that genuinely enjoy parts of their job, but also feel guilty about enjoying it. I'll be honest. I think if there's say ten weeks and five days in a week, and there's fifty days in the term. I'll have maybe one bad day, maybe two, where I'm like, I need a day off. But all the rest, I think, are, um, are pretty good. Um, all right. I'm very aware of time. Um, so we'll do this one quickly. Now, we don't like to be negative, um, but you did say that about once in every 50 days, you might have a bad day. Um, so when was your last classroom cock-up? Oh, so is that like um, just when I've lost my lost my shit <laughs> you might have you might have lost your shit you might have made a bit of a a bit of a boo-boo in the classroom I guess um being um integrated sports organizer in the afternoons when I'm I'm dealing with you know 200 kids um sometimes 200 kids aren't in the best mood or best behavior and um yeah probably a few you know towards the last few weeks of term I you know, Mr. Mr. Angry Mr. Dioria had to come out and and try and and put these kids in. Well, it sounds bad. Put these kids in line, but but I think mm-hmm. um, it's a tough love approach which I have with my teaching. Where um, and I explain to the kids, like, if you guys are going to keep dealing like this, you know, behaving like this, I can't have trust in you. We can't run our program, and you'll be doing theory this afternoon. And yeah, the kids had to do theory for a whole hour and a half of sport. Ooh. Um, or yeah. now in 10, 15 minutes, whatever it is. And yeah, it's, it's, um, they're the younger kids, year se- I think it was year seven. And you know what? When they get to year 11, they're not, they're, they're definitely not acting like that. And that's because we set the expectation from, from a young age. And, you know, they might go home and I know they'll probably like, oh, I hate that teacher. That teacher is so mean. <laughs> but I know that in years to come, um, I'm, I don't know if they'll thank me, but they'll enjoy sport a lot more because you know they'll be well behaved and and yeah, uh, yeah. That's just it's just part of the job. Someone, I think, if if we just sort of let the kids run all over us, the job wouldn't wouldn't work. You've got to mm. you've got to assert yourself in a in a professional way. Um, but the kids, yeah, the kids definitely know when there's a difference between when I'm in a good mood and then uh, when I'm I'm not happy about something. That's for sure. <laughs> Um, if you woke up tomorrow and someone said, uh, Dom, you've been voted the new Minister for Education, 
what was the what's the first thing you change? Um, I just said give students more hands-on experiences. You know the uh, the old learning how to put a tire on, take a tire off. Um, yes, yes, I love this. So, what yeah. are some of the the experiences that you think are really missing by the time they they finish school? I think you realise once you leave school and uh, yeah, you know, you've popped a tire um, on a way to, out to dinner with on a date and you've hit a curb and then you've got to change the tire. Um, with the date sitting in your car and you're like, oh, lucky I, um, my old man taught me this. But um, could you imagine kids these days getting their peas and then, oh, that's okay, I'll just call NRMA or or whoever yeah. and I'll just have to pay for it. Well, no, um, you know, just, um, you know, your financial literacy and, and learning how to get along, um, it's just going to, you know, deal with bills and all those things, just those life skill things. Mm-hmm. I think missing you know, in our in in our education, could be as simple as cooking a meal, sim- as simple as doing a shopping list, paying the bills on time, learning how to mm-hmm. change a tire, learning how to sew a button on your shirt, um, learning how to iron, learning how to wash, um, just the bare essentials of living. You know, living at home. So, I think a lot of the kids that we teach, a lot of them come from families where, you know, mum and dad work. So a lot of them do have those responsibilities, so they get that. Um, but I think there's, you know, as teachers we've got a role to play where unfortunately parents are working a lot. If we could do something while they're at school to help at home and, and in life after, wh- why not? Mm, comes back to that time again, doesn't it? Just not enough time. Yeah, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's, not, it's not a priority because – you know, there's other things that we, we need to to complete. And then again, you know, I'm sure if you ask the, the deputies and the principal, they would love to do that too, but they're trying to make sure that we're doing our job and, and you know, they're making sure they're doing their job because they're being, you know, it's sort of just that flow-on effect from all the way up the top all the way down to the bottom. Um, yeah. Who knows if that will ever change or if that, you know, there'll, there'll be a change in direction. I hope I hope so, but... Maybe in my time. Maybe. I really hope so. I'm, I'm keeping my fingers crossed for that. That's a lovely idea. Um, Dom DiOrio, you have been an absolutely amazing guest. Thank you so, so much. My pleasure. Thank you so much for, for doing this. I think this is amazing. This, um, this needs to be done. I think teachers need to be heard. And mm. you're doing a great job. And, you know, I wish you all the best with 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 all all that you're doing this little this project and um yeah who knows where this could um you know lead to i hope it's um great things Wow, another amazing episode with an equally fantastic teacher there. Thanks so much, Dom, for joining us. And if you like that as much as I did, subscribe, rate, and review to get the word out. And come and join me over on Instagram at coldcoffeenoglue6pod. Come back next week for more classroom stories and have I got a guest for you. See you next time.